In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Welcome to the Man Card Podcast, where we focus on real men doing real life in real time while living in the stress bubble of life. Males are born. Good men are made. We're going to separate the men from the boys. A man is as a man does. We want to help you to become the best version of you. Theodore Roosevelt spoke about this rare breed, saying, The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood the man card belongs to those protecting integrity fighting apathy pursuing god passionately leading courageously and finishing strong a man is as a man does enjoy today's episode men in the arena we salute you hey guys we salute those of you getting it done in the stress bubble of life males retreat but men enter the fray and grind it out. And if you're in the bleachers watching this thing unfold, we want to invite you. We want to call you into the arena to join us today. We want to call you out of your apathy and your indifference. And we want to call you up to become the best version of the man you've been called to be. So I'm here. I am Jim Ramos. And I'm here with my brother from another mother, Dale Culver. How you doing, my man? Doing good. You ready for this? I am ready for a man law that does not involve okay. men fighting naked, okay. men in speedos, or men wearing uh, action pants. So do you have something that does not relate to those? I'm Bro, ready you to should rock know and roll. me better than that. Well, I would never been, do that. Yeah, I'll ever do that three times. You'd never do that three times. <laughs> all right. So uh, this one here, all men have the right to remain silent. This right should be exercised in the following situations. Does this make me look fat? Hmm? Do you think my best friend is pretty? And do you know how fast you were going? So these are, the, yeah, so the sec- first two are with your wife. The second one was with a policeman. Yeah, just yeah. shut your mouth. So if so I you always... have the right to plead the fifth. Right. Okay, when I the, hear what you're saying. When I get asked how fast I was going, I say, well, what did you get me for? <laughs> well, here's what I know. Uh, I, when I here's what I know. I I know this. I never say this word to Shanna. Fine. Yeah. How do I look? Fine. Never say that to her because to her that means not good. But I'm just moving on to the next answer. So I don't want to do that. So I will say something different. So sometimes I will refer to the nothing box and say nothing. And I do have the right to remain silent. But but what a man can't do is he can't say. I have a right to remain silent. He doesn't have to incriminate himself 
But this is not some court of law. He does have to give an answer. When that policeman rolls, rolls, has you roll down your window and says, sir, do you know how fast you're going? You have to say something, but it can be something like, no, I thought I was going fine, or I have big tires. My speedometer doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> I just go, what did you get? And what then did I'll you t- get? And then yeah. I'll let you know what I thought yeah. I had. Yeah, don't tell them times, how fast you're going. A lot of times they got a lot less than I thought I was. Well, by the time I slowed down, they clocked me. Well, see, you're a speeder. I'm not, not generally anymore, a though. I'm so. old. That was one of my younger years. Yeah, well, when your insurance jacks up to 300 bucks a month because you're a safe driver, but you speed. I don't. You're you know, not a safe I'm driver. I'm a good guy. <laughs> So okay, so the man law is I have the obligation as a man to just say nothing that would incriminate me. Sometimes wisdom would say just shut your mouth; you don't have to talk all the time. Yeah, and I get in trouble for that sometimes because I don't. I don't. uh, Sometimes I talk too much. So hey, I want to move into the meat of our podcast right now. And so what I want to do is this: I want to talk about uh, these nine traits of manhood that we find in Job chapter 29 of the Bible. And today's trait is an enforcer of justice. Now, I have a, a problem with this one. And here's what it is. There's a term floating around out there that has entered into my realm called social justice. Justice or biblical justice is different than social justice. So I try not to use the term social justice. I just don't think it says the same thing as justice. So here's what I mean. Justice is an objective view of what is right and wrong based on a person's moral code. It's objective. So you watch the news on TV. It's the opposite of the news on TV. The news on TV is basically WWE. It's entertaining. It's just not truth. Uh, it's just not truth. It's sub. It's subjective. Moral law that is objective is based on my moral code in regards to people. So, for example, if a mountain lion kills a deer, that is not an unjust thing because that lion does not have a moral code. It does not have a human soul. It, it it's reacting and responding based on the instinct to survive. Does that make sense? Right. Okay, so it's an objective thing for humans, okay? Social justice, the way I understand it, and this is why I speak against it, is, is my subjective view based on my social code. Does that make sense? This is why they're giving college students teddy bears when Trump got elected president, because their social code felt like there was an injustice done, but it was not based on their moral code. Okay, so for me, my my moral code, my social, my justice component, I believe, based on my moral code, that abortion is wrong. I believe life begins at conception, so I will fight against that injustice. Right, where my social code, and I we joke about this all the time. But my social code would be, you know, I have this political bent, so therefore, with this political bent. Any interactions with these people groups are wrong or right. Does that make sense? So, so based on my social code, how we treat women or homo, the homosexual community or um, cats, <laughs> you know, these things are, I shouldn't say cats, but these things would be more social code, social justices. So I decide what is unjust and just based on my social code, all right? So what I want to talk about is justice, that we as men have a moral obligation as men to be enforcers of justice. 
So we fight for the, we are advocates for the unborn. We are advocates for little children. We are advocates of the great hunt for God. We believe here that men in our society, in the church, there is an injustice happening with men. And so we have come along, we have said, hey, I have had a Popeye moment. That's all I can stand. I can't stand some more. And we are fighting on behalf of men who, for whatever reason, have stopped to fight for themselves. Just like some would fight for the rights of the unborn who cannot fight for themselves. Or some would fight for the, uh, the children who cannot fight for themselves. Or uh, the, the, what's the correct term nowadays? The mentally challenged or, you know, the, or, the, or people who are physically handicapped. We or the widow. Fight. Or the widow. Or the orphan. And so we want to fight for these people, and that is justice. Now, when you say you fight for men, what are you saying with that? Are are you... Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying that that I believe if you look at church budgets, uh, if you look at uh, modern television uh, sitcoms, men are mocked, uh, men are made fun of, men are ignored. If if you are a certain kind of man, you are neglected. Uh, We have quota systems in, in the hiring process in our country that work against highly qualified men based on color or based on uh, demographics. And so what I think, you know, my thing is it needs to be across the board equal. The, the best get the jobs, the best, you know, but we have, you know, the high impact people uh, are, are, are catered to and not neglected. And so this is, and this isn't a political thing for me. This is, we have, been, we have said men are the problem. So we're going to put them down, put them in our, their place and replace them. And all I'm saying is, that we can't do that because when a man gets it, everyone wins. So we have to invest in the church, our church dollars in men. We need to, pastors need to focus on the men. Pa- uh, worship people need to focus on the lyrics that we're singing. And we need to focus on the men so that the men can be men. Get, they can get in the arena. Mm-hmm. They can be men. Now, a man is as a man does. All men look different, but they can get in the arena and they can, they can, step into the role that God has for them without a hindrance from people who are, for whatever reasons, do not like them. We talk about the word misogynist. What I'm tired of is these misandrists out there, these people that hate men. I don't understand that. Why do we hate those guys that have the potential to change everything? And so that's what I'm talking about. So guys, we are enforcers of justice. So guys, what wrecks you? What angers you? It's your role as a man to step up to the plate to get out of the bleachers, and to get into the arena. So you've been listening to this episode of Equipping Men in 10 with the Man Card Podcast. Next week, I'm super excited that our Equipping Men in 10 will be based on compassion and that a man, a trait of manhood is compassion. So what do you do now, guys? Get in the game. Partner with us financially. We're a nonprofit organization that is highly dependent upon financial champions. Or you can start a team. Go to our free The Great Hunt for God app. Check out our resources. Recruit somebody. Start a team in your city. Hey, we are excited, man. Just get in the arena. Get dirty. Grind it out. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Man Card Podcast. Until next week, be a man. This is Dale Culver, and you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. Has your man card been challenged today? If you hunger to be the best version of a man, then purchase your own copy of The Field Guide, our bathroom book for men. Jim wrote this book for men who don't read books. It's a daily study of manly words explained with great stories. 
you will find enough entries to read one a day for an entire year. That's right, 365 daily readings on what a man is and does. Get your copy for you and your friends on our website at thegreathuntforgod.com. You will also find our five-book man card series. Grab several copies, recruit some friends, and champion the cause for men today. We are a donor-supported, non-profit organization with the mission to transform the lives of men and those they love. If today's podcast has inspired you, consider being a financial champion by going to The Great Hunt for God and click the Give link in the menu drop-down. Also, download The Great Hunt for God app today. It is available in all the app stores for all devices. It has videos, podcasts, our store, and many other links to the world of The Great Hunt for God. Thank you for listening, and good hunting. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.